Welcome, everyone, to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, we've got Clint Maxey in the producer chair, Zach Ruley, and yours truly, Parker Biggs, here. And we have made it through the national championship uh, in what was a thrilling game that left Georgia fans celebrating a really exciting uh, national title win for Georgia over Alabama. Uh, and their first national title since 1980. So a, a pretty monumental moment for the Georgia football program. Um, they really were, in my opinion, uh, the best team all season long, except that uh, weekend in Atlanta in December. Um, but they were able to get rid of all the demons uh, they had uh, when it comes to uh, topping Alabama. So a monumental win for Georgia and for Kirby Smart. Uh, Ruli, what are your uh, just your initial thoughts on on that game and that win for Georgia? Yeah, you saw the the footage of Nick Saban um, talking to Kirby after the game. He said, "You guys kicked our ass in the fourth quarter." They did. They closed. Um, arguably, I mean, it could have gone either way. That game could have through the first three quarters, and I was still of the belief that Alabama was going to win the game, even when they got down in the fourth. Yeah. Um, Stetson Bennett. I'm not going to say he was like incredible or anything, but he played, he played well and gave his guys a chance to win. And he's, he's the guy that closed. Uh, I don't know. I, I think people are making it like the receivers for Alabama going down is obviously huge, but I do think people might be, it's not like the guys behind them aren't talented. You know what I mean? Like those are right. still four and five stars behind uh, Mechie and Williams. So it's like, I get that argument. I don't know if the game necessarily goes a different way, um, even with those guys playing receiver. Right. And the Georgia had their own receiver injury issues yeah. all year long. So I, I do think Williamson going down was big. I actually think Met, the Mechie loss uh, in the SEC title might've been a bigger difference maker because like they weren't, they weren't lacking the explosive plays. The explosive plays were there. They were marching down the field pretty much not at will, but they didn't really have any issues between the twenties. Their issue was getting it into the end zone. They have had drives of uh, uh, 56 yards, 47 yards, 55 yards and 72 yards that all ended in field goals. So I think they needed someone that in more of a possession guy like Mechie, I think that hurt him more than the Williamson deal. Um, I don't necessarily think that made a huge difference um, in the the game. I will say watching that game um, start to finish, like, not when you don't want when you're watching like an old miss like Vanderbilt game, you kind of see it from one or two guys, but just how fucking fast all of these guys are. Yeah. Like Dude, Ed, Will Anderson jumping off the line. line. They're so oh, quick. I know. He looked off sides. They can every time. flag kids down. Like it's insane, man. Yeah. 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 That Will Anderson, that's the maybe the quickest I've ever seen someone get off the line. I mean, that is it was almost it was the perfect jump, but he was doing it pretty much every time. You could and you could tell, like you could tell he wasn't offsides. You could just tell it was a good jump every single time. You weren't like, oh, that's offsides. You could just tell it was I think he just got Stetson's clap down and they weren't yeah. changing the cadence or anything. I will say I, I think my favorite player on either side of the ball for either team was uh, I can't even remember his first name. Scene, I think is his last name. As C I N E, the safety oh, from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid's a monster. He just and the other thing about that game is you could hear it the entire time on the broadcast because mm-hmm. they were hitting like it was yeah. loud pop of the pads like the SEC speed thing and it's just different and it means more down there like it's a joke until you watch a game like that and then it's like well yeah, it's a it's a joke until Alabama and Georgia line up and play each other <laughs> yeah it's like these are the best of the best like recruit yeah. wise like 
these that was kids why are all that was what I liked about the game so much is you could tell how good both these teams were, and everyone yeah, was like, "Oh, this Sundayers. is so boring," and everyone's so used to the scoring now. But yeah, I thought it, two I thought good it was teams. Like, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good yeah. game. I think it was like the most entertaining, like boring, like because there was still enough action that even when they were trading field goals, it wasn't that big of a deal that they weren't scoring touchdowns. Right. I thought early that Bama was going to roll. Stetson looked rattled. Yeah. Those first couple drives. Yeah, he did that fumble right off the bat. He yeah. got it back, but it was just What'd like, What did you guys man, think about that? This guy? The other, fu- the actual overturned fumble, or not overturned, but. I, I thought that was the luckiest play I've ever seen in my entire life. The, like, the odds that that kid kept his foot in, I don't even think he realized he was keeping his foot in. Oh, I know. And he caught it one-handed, too. Just, like, landed right in his palm. Yeah. That uh, branch, I think, is the guy that uh, recovered the fumble. I mean, he was not even trying to – like, he had no idea. He thought it was an incomplete pass, I think. I think he just thought he was just grabbing the ball. But what do you think about the actual – like, do you think it was a fumble? Because he was kind of going back, and it was – I do. I do think it was a fumble, but it was sort of a – it was whatever was going to stand. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there was going to be enough to overturn either way, so – I, I mean, I, I agree with the call, but I strongly thought it was a fumble because I bet on Alabama. So, yeah, I also did. I was very you know, adamant I, I about a, it at the time. I got a bone to pick with Nick Saban now because I didn't bet him against Cincinnati. I was made a fool of, and then I back him this time, and he and his team not falls on their face, but like that's gambling. They, for you. they had a little bit of piss running down their leg in the fourth quarter. They didn't. They didn't play all too well in the, in the closing moments. Right. So. I mean, after that, this right after that fumble, Bama scores. Uh, they, I think, Latu, Let I don't Latu, the yeah, tight end, eighty one. Yeah, caught, he's good. Caught, yeah, he's really good. Uh, he stepped up big uh, after Williams went down. He but did. He so they score, uh, take an eighteen thirteen lead. At that point, I thought, all right, here we go again with Georgia. Nothing's yeah. going to go their way. Bama's gonna gonna end this one. But I mean, like you said, Stetson, like. If you just look at the box score, it's not anything crazy. But what he did those last couple drives, so they he did what he had to do, and yeah. then a little bit on top of that, I will say that throw was like, I mean, it was a. I'm not gonna. He didn't like put it in the basket. Like the kid made an incredible catch. That was a better catch than it was throw, in my opinion. He did what he had I, to he do. Put it in just the right the receiver spot. A chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Stetson. I think on the last two drives went four for four, with I don't know yeah. how many yards, but two touchdowns. And yeah, that that touchdown pass. It was a good throw, but you're right. It was a, that was a, an an incredible catch. Going I don't and think enough people are talking about how good of a catch that was. I mean, he mossed him. They hey. did kind of start to pick on Alabama's um, inexperienced secondary a little bit, the corners specifically, uh, later in the game. Yeah, they did. And, yeah, and they were very thin. Their secondary had been weak all – had kind of been their, their weakness all year, and then they had some injuries, and it was even worse. I mean, Cal- I mean, if – I think that's the thing that I overlooked – I just assumed Stetson Bennett couldn't beat Alabama, but Same. Zach Calzada beat Alabama too. So, yeah, maybe it's not lit as crazy. Zach Calzada yeah. lit him up. But uh, this was a, I mean, it was awesome watching Stetson Bennett on the sideline start tearing up before the. I mean, that guy, I had been hating on him. So, I mean, he basically proved everyone or proved that he pretty much everybody but himself and maybe even his parents i don't know i don't even know if his parents were totally bought in the fact that he can win a national championship think about the guys they they brought in jt daniels a couple years ago they brought in jamie newman from wake forest a year ago all these guys they kept recruiting over stetson bennett and at the end of the day he is the guy 
the former walk-on is the guy that brings them their first title in 40 years. And considering all the talent they have run through there, that's, that's crazy. I, mean, that's, I really, I mean, it could be the beginning of a, a good, a good run for Kirby smart and uh, in Georgia, he's like 47, I think. And they've got the talent that Alabama has. And I think Saban yeah. was like 50 or 51 when he won his first title. So, I mean, I think that they're set up very well. And like, yeah, if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm pretty pumped. Cause you know, there's a handful of recruits that are losing to Alabama that are like, well, you guys haven't, you know, you can't get over the hump. Like they might not say that to the Georgia coaches, but I'm sure they think it. And that's been like a barrier they they've had to try and break down. And now they finally have, I don't, the talent's not going to be going anywhere, and Kirby's certainly not going to be going anywhere. But, um, heck of a like a just a giant win, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, it's also Nick Saban all class after the yeah. after the game. I'm sure you yeah. guys saw the press conference. If you didn't, mm-hmm. it was good. Bryce yeah. and uh, who's the other player getting up to leave? Will I think Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, getting up to leave the press conference, and Nick stops him, and he's like, "Hey, like these kids battled their ass off, like." They think they might have lost the game. It was my fault. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Also, no, gave save. the under betters a scare. Twenty nine. Yeah. Twenty nine fourth quarter points. I think it it was like fifty two and a half, and it was fifty one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was talking. I had a couple of first touchdown scores because I normally do those for like these, like the like the Super Bowl or like the national championship. And uh, my buddy texted me before the game, and he wanted to bet no touchdown score, <laughs> which the odds of that were insanely high oh, yeah. and I talked him out of it so of course halfway through the game he's just like dude fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh, uh, oh, uh, I don't know what I was saying but do either of you want to guess how many if you don't know already how many rushing yards Alabama finished with as a team 67 Clint I'm looking at it, so no guess from me. No. Uh, it's <laughs> under that. It's well under that. 30 rush yards. 30 rushing yards. I, th- I think Bryce lead, Young dude. had like negative 30 or 40 from sacks, but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know who's a beast that I thought they wouldn't be able to stop was Robinson. Like, I he know they only yeah, had, they, yeah. But some of those runs, I think it was in the second half, too. You were like, this is when you thought Alabama was just going to start running it down their throat. Yeah, especially when they started throwing him the ball, too. I was like, why mm-hmm. are they throwing it to him? It was, it was the, kind of hurting him a little bit. The opposite happened in the second half, even before that fumble, and it seemed like Bama had kind of taken back the momentum. I think Georgia kind of started picking up all the all the momentum before that. I mean, they started running the ball right down Bama's throat in the second half, which was really surprising to me. They didn't try in the first half, and I think that was the, the key in the second was getting that ground game going. James Cook averaged 12.8 yards per carry, and Zamir White averaged 6.5 yards per carry. Yep. So... I think that was the key. Bama couldn't establish the run, and Georgia was able to. Two really good rush defenses, though. So, um, impressive stuff from the Georgia Georgia uh, front seven. Okay, now let's kind of transition. Or right, do either of you have any thoughts? More thoughts on the game itself? No. Nope. Okay, now let's transition. I guess more into looking ahead to twenty twenty two. Uh, we can start with these two, and then kind of looking at the college football landscape as a whole. So. Uh, Georgia and Bama are going to be two of the favorites going the next year. No doubt about that. Uh, they'll probably both be top three teams um, uh, heading into the season. Th- those two uh, and Ohio state will probably make up the top three and no particular order there. Bama returns Anderson uh, and Bryce young. So they're two best players. Uh, their defense will probably be better next year. You get uh, Dallas Turner, Henry Toto, Kool-Aid uh, McKinstry, 
are all back. They lose weapons uh, at receiver and running back, but I think they might actually upgrade at running back. They're bringing in that Georgia Tech transfer, uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's really, really good. Uh, Georgia, they lose a ton. A lot of those stars on defense that that we <clears throat> that we saw all season will not be back. But I mean, they're a machine, and they've got five five star uh, defensive tackles and linebackers waiting in the wings. And then, who, what do you think? Who's going to lead Georgia at quarterback next year? Because theoretically, Georgia fans want Stetson to like retire, basically. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. They, they don't think he can. They don't think he can do it again. It's it's the it's what a weird weird situation. He just won them a national title. But still not confident. He, yeah, they've got potentially him and he and Daniels coming back. Although this Daniels, I feel like I could see him transferring. Um, but either way, and then they've got Vandegriff, the former five-star kid. So who knows what what the quarterback situation? Well, personally, I would want, and this is a good segue into our next topic. I would want Caleb Williams to come to Georgia and play quarterback. I, I think. Uh, that's I don't a pipe think that's dream, but man, that'd be an awesome addition. Yeah, but also one thing to watch there. Did you, apparently Todd Munkins uh, is they, this is I feel like this is said every offseason, but apparently he's interested in getting back into the NFL. Uh, I, he didn't do a terrible job in the NFL. I was always surprised that I think a coaching staff change is what forced him back down to the collegiate level. But yeah, that's not surprising at all if he wants to make a jump. But yeah. Uh, who knows what the quarterback situation will look like. Uh, and then the other third team that'll be a favorite for sure will be Ohio state. We got a good uh, sample of what that offense will look like next season in the Rose bowl uh, with because they had Wilson and Alave both opted out. So we saw that uh, Smith and Jigba uh, CJ Stroud combo, what it could be. And then obviously Travion Henderson uh, and then the addition of Jim Knowles uh, to that uh, as the defensive coordinator, I think is very significant. I think he'll make quick and they just there. they and they just took the Cincinnati defensive backs coach. So yeah, uh, so they're not. They're, I think I I'd, I'd put them in the if I did like I'm sure you're going the same route. Like they're probably a playoff team next year. Yeah, Stroud's going to be an early favorite for the Heisman. Okay, so now that we've kind of established the the top three, let's go ahead and do this. Who? What's uh? What's everyone's playoff for next season? Way too early. I know this is ridiculous to even be talking about, but. Uh, really, I'll let you start. I'm going to go with Alabama. Big, Bold. big shocker there. Alabama, Clemson, I think they get back in the winner's circle a little bit. Um, not saying Venables isn't a tremendous coach, but I think that defense is going to be okay with the guys they have on it. Um, and then DJ will play a little better. Ohio State is my third. And then um, I could honestly see – I don't want to just automatically say Georgia because there are some questions now. Like, obviously, they have talent behind the current talent that's departing, but um, we don't know who's going to play quarterback. We don't know who's coming back, who's not. So uh, I would throw another SEC team in there, uh, like a Texas A&M or quite possibly even – well, they have quarterback questions too. I still like A&M, number one recruiting class in the country coming in. And then I don't think a Big 12 school will get in. I could actually see USC. I know we talked about how they um, – the cupboard is not totally full for Lincoln, but that conference is so weak. I could see them running the table and getting that four spot. No way. No chance. If they get Caleb zero, they chance. could be a top four team. I don't think so, but I just don't think that. I think that they're, they're off the lines really, really, really bad. I mean, I, I don't think he'd survive this year. 
they would, ran for his life in Bedlam. Though. They would they would love to have the offensive line offensive lineman that OU. Has. Now that That's, is he's, that is true. He is going to be if he goes there, which we'll talk about this more in a little here in a second. That you're, I mean, it would make a big difference. It would, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm, I'm, I'm not high on what uh, Clay Helton left Lincoln there. Uh, and so there's been your- a mass exodus. Okay, so my top four, uh, I'll say Bama one, uh, uh, Ohio State uh, will be one of the playoff teams. Two, I think uh, Utah will be a playoff team. I think that they uh, will win the Pac-12 again next year. Uh, offensively, they bring back Cam Rising. They bring back a star running back, Tavion Thomas. Uh, most of that off to lines back. They do lose some guys on defense, but Clark Phillips, the star cornerback, who made some some big-time plays in that Rose Bowl. Uh, anchors a really good secondary. So I think Utah, uh, I have the same thought process with you taking a Pac-12 team. I just think uh, that Utah is the team that's most well-prepared to run through the Pac-12. I think that a Big 12 team could make it uh, if I had a fifth team. I would go with a big 12, potentially a Baylor, or I would lean towards Oklahoma still. I still think the talent level at OU is is significantly above what uh, Baylor or OSU have. And then Texas just isn't anywhere near ready to, I don't think, be competing for a playoff spot. Um, so, yeah, I'd go uh, Utah. Oh, I didn't even include my fourth. So, OU, or big, no big 12 team, and my fourth would be Clemson. I'm with you, I think. Uh, they kind of started showing at the end of the season uh, that they were getting back on track. I still am not a huge believer in DJ, but that defense is really, really good. And it's still good. Yeah. It'll and be, Georgia it'll be showed okay. Georgia showed you don't nest. You don't have to have a top five offense in the country. To and I actually national. think DJ can be the guy they thought he was going to be still. Yeah. Uh, I think they just like that. They were not tricking, like he's just terrible and it's going to be terrible forever. Like he could show some signs of improvement. Right. Next he's year. still and a he young did guy towards the end of the year. I wonder they how much that Georgia loss affected them for the rest of the year. Starting off the year with a loss, I know it obviously yeah, doesn't really affect their playoff chances. But and the way they were playing, it's not like one loss was affecting that. But yeah, kind of throws your season off a little bit. Yeah. What about Notre Dame? What do you guys think of Marcus Freeman and how he's going to do? <laughs> um, I think they're going to be white. No, he's not. I think Buchner well, he didn't will be the impress guy. me too much. I was going to say he didn't impress me. I think Notre Dame's similar situation as Georgia, kind of like a plug and play quarterback. But if they got some sort of elevated quarterback play then they're really in the driver's seat sort of deal. Yeah. The thing about Notre Dame is there. Oh, it seems like there always has to be something later in the year without a conference championship, because it's just hard to put them in there without. Hey, if you they play USC late in the season every year, if USC could start rolling at some point that adds that big game at the end of the year, I'll be a big Irish fan late in the year, every year from now on. That's for sure. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> Clint, do you want to take a, a, a crack at your way too early 2022 you know what? prediction? It's just about as the same as you two, so I won't waste everyone's time. All right. I will, I will say real quick, part of the reason the ACC allegedly doesn't want to um, expand, I think, it's either, yeah, they're against it because then uh, Notre Dame wouldn't have to come to the ACC. Because it'd be 12, like Notre Dame could get in with 12 teams. But the ACC knows that if Notre Dame ever joins a conference, it legally, or I say legally, paper means nothing anymore. They would have to come to the ACC and play in the ACC, which obviously benefits the conference as a whole, but not necessarily Notre Dame. Right. Let's talk, before we move on, actually, let's talk about that just for a second. What's going on with the potential playoff expansion? So my understanding is that 
the SEC and the Big 12 are proponents of a uh, a 12-team playoff where the six, top six rated conference champions uh, are automatic qualifiers and I think would get a bye in that scenario. But then I think the Pac-12, and I'm not sure exactly who else, are um, taking the side of not wanting the top six uh, rated conference champs because the potential of like a American athletic or a mountain West team getting that sixth spot. Uh, so I think everyone is a proponent of expanding the 12 or, or expanding, but they have made absolutely zero progress on uh, how that structure is going to look. Did you see the, the, the comments from the angry Bob Bowlesby leaving their uh, recent commissioner meeting? No, but he's, at, I actually don't think he's been doing, they're probably funny. Like, and he's probably actually correct, believe it or not, because compared to, he looks like a savant genius compared to uh, the Pac-12 commissioner. The old, well, their new guy thinks decent, Klyaskov, but he just started. Larry Scott's a moron. Larry Scott was bad. Yeah, horrible. You can't watch Pac-12 Network on freaking DirecTV. <laughs> Imagine declining people from having the ability to watch your league. I can watch the Longhorn Network, and I can't watch the Pac-12 Network. Disgusting. Yeah, and that's also going to be one of the best parts about the Texas move to the SEC will be the end of that. I had to watch the OU Texas basketball game on Longhorn Network. Yeah, Oof. that's brutal. Yeah. I, I would argue that the the Longhorn Network was kind of not the downfall of the Big 12, but it certainly did not help the league as a whole. Uh, you could make an argument that if there's no Longhorn Network that like does the, Nebraska leave? Probably not. No, no. I think that he, I think that this AM might leave either way, but I think the structure of the Big 12 is pretty close exactly. to the, yeah. how it was if if it weren't for the uh, the Longhorn Network. Yep. And you've got to assume that that's going to, you know, once the, they join the SEC, they'll move all those studios into SEC Network Studios. Yep. Um, all right. So kind of a early look at 2022. Uh, lots, lots will change uh, as, you know, guys transfer, guys enter the NFL draft. So uh, we might make some revised changes to that uh, as as we move along in the offseason. Uh but uh, let's move along into college football news. Uh, the story that doesn't seem to want to end is Caleb Williams uh, still has not made a decision on where he'll be heading. Uh, he's been out in L.A. the last few days meeting with USC originally. Then apparently the last few days uh, with UCLA and Chip Kelly's staff. Uh, it's weird to me that he hasn't made a decision yet. Uh Apparently, he might be making a couple trips into the SEC, potentially Auburn, potentially Ole Miss, maybe Georgia. Uh, I think that Caleb Williams and his posse have uh, – this is just a, a theory, in my opinion, that they – that Caleb's value uh, in the open market isn't what they expected it to be. And now looking back, uh, it might not be such an easy, clear-cut choice to leave. I think they thought OU – cutting him, not offering what he is valued, but I think his market value is probably not as high as they expected. Um, and so I don't know. He's got a tough decision to make and who knows when it's going to happen. I mean, it's been, he's been in the portal for, portal for a little while now. Why do you think uh, that Parker? I just think that if, if he had what he wanted, he would have made his decision by now. I know. I was, I kind why of would he train? It would make way. zero sense for him to even consider 
like visiting Auburn or something like that, unless, you know, they are able to offer him something that, or, uh, that he thinks he should be getting. Yeah. Hey, I kind of agree. It's lasting a lot longer than I thought, especially after that leak Snapchat or whatever that was going around with him in a US, USC uniform, which of course he took a visit there. He's going to take a picture in the uniform, but I was thinking he was for sure like next day. Yeah. Saying, and they've lost. So they, so Jackson Dart hits the portal because the assumption of Caleb Williams coming. I mean, USC is in, if they, I still think Caleb Williams will go to USC. Uh, but say they he ends up somewhere else. Say he ends up at I don't know UCLA or Ole Miss or something like that, uh, which they're going to be screwed. They lost Dart. They lost Slovis already. Uh, they don't have. I don't know if they have any other. They have one. I know actually they do. They have one freshman scholarship quarterback. Uh, besides that, so uh, they really really need to uh, to lock lock down Caleb. But wouldn't it be really weird and I don't want to say dumb because it's an individual choice, but to transfer to like UCLA or Auburn. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that one a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, go to, I, if you go to the only arguments I get are that go to USC to play for Lincoln or go to Georgia because you know, they have clearly a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah there was a rumor that um, the quarterback at UCLA only came back so he could move to receiver. Like he tested the draft waters and didn't grade out too high as a quarterback. So he came back to play receiver. So Caleb could come play quarterback. Interesting. Saw that on Twitter today. So not even a real rumor, just a person hypothesizing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a bizarre, bizarre situation. And I, and say he were, if his options out there aren't what he thought and he made the decision to go back to OU, it would be, well, obviously OU would take Caleb Williams back because he's a very, very, very talented quarterback. But that would be, a bit awkward. Yeah, it'd be funny to watch your uh, crazy people fans that said kick him out of his dorm and um, they want him dead, basically, uh, <laughs> to come back kissing the ring again. Yeah. You put a bad rap on OU fans, really. I mean, dude, some of these people are, are legit crazies, though. Yep. There's that, crazies in every fan base. That, the, especially especially tr- powerhouse programs. Oh, I know, but... <laughs> There's a reason there's just a lot of, a lot of fans and there's some, some nut jobs in there for sure. Hang on. Let yeah. me read this one. Anyone that tweets or like comments on a player or recruits Instagram. Yeah. Like you're a psychopath and should <laughs> be put down. I, I, put I down. just pick on, I pick on Sooner fans because like that's who I interact with the most. Like it's nothing yeah. personal, obviously. Uh, while you while you look for that, I'm just going to mention a few other uh, guys that have recently entered the portal. So now we're now above 1,300 entries into the portal this Good season. Gracious! Do you know how that compares to other years? It's like it's. I think it's like double at least compared to double. Hey, my guy, my guy, Dickie V is anti portal. In case yeah, I saw that. I could see that. But okay, so Jackson Dart, USC quarterback. Uh, true freshman entered the portal. He's visiting Oklahoma right now and Ole Miss tomorrow. So uh, if he does end up at OU, they might have a legitimate quarterback competition because I think Dart, uh, in his limited time, he looked really, really good uh, as a true freshman. He was a top 75 recruit, so really talented guy. Uh, Ole Miss and OU, two teams to watch out for there. Drew Sanders, Alabama, 
five-star linebacker in the class of 2020 uh, is transferring in Arkansas, Texas, and Oklahoma are uh, the three. He was committed here. to OU at one point, no? Yeah, as a like a tight end. Uh, um, so he's actually familiar with a good amount of the OU staff still since mm-hmm. since most of the since the entire offense staff uh, basically stayed aboard. So uh, potentially could end up in Norman. Alabama, another Alabama guy, tight end Jaleel Billingsley. Uh, he was one of the best tight ends uh, during the 2020 season, but kind of uh, had some consistency issues uh, this year. Uh, Makai Wingo from Missouri, defensive tackle. He was all freshman in the SEC this year. Uh, he's taken visits to LSU, USC, and Oklahoma. So uh, I think LSU is considered the favorite there. And then my last one here, Noah Kane, Penn State running back. He was a top 100 recruit in the class of 2019. Had a really good freshman season, uh, but then got injured last year and really hasn't been able to be consistent since then. Uh, and then a couple guys that committed here in the last week, Cameron Ward, uh, incarnate word quarterback, uh, transferring to Washington State. He had uh, quite a few suitors. He was really impressive at the FCS level. Another FCS level guy, Jared Verse, defensive end, uh, had suitors all over the country. A lot of people wanted him. Uh, had a big uh, season last year. And he's a young guy. Uh, he's transferring to Florida State. Uh, Iowa State star defensive back Aishim Young is transferring to Ole Miss. And then Casey Thompson, uh, Texas quarterback, is heading to Nebraska, uh, which I like that fit. I think that could be an upgrade over Adrian Same. Martinez. Cameron Ward's a pretty good get for Washington. He's yeah. following his coach up there, isn't he? Um, he might be because I know they hired uh, – Incarnate Ward hired G.J. Kenny as their head coach. T.U. legend. Yeah, Tulsa legend G.J. Kenny. Um, did you find that tweet? No, I can't find it. All right. Any other thoughts or any other, uh, transfer portal thoughts or news? Um, I'm tired of OSU players leaving. How about that? Yeah. I'm, Hey, it's just a new era of college. I know football. I'm preaching to the choir here. Like At, every single, probably every single fan base can say I'm tired. Like Bama lost like eight yeah, guys I, yesterday. Oh my God. It was, they're still flooding out of Bama. Yeah. I wonder yeah. I wonder how that's going to affect programs like Bama because when recruits go to Bama, it's their freshman year. And then they probably, it's like a wake up call. Like, Oh wow. Okay. This really is Bama. I have no chance. I I think, I don't know. It's going to affect everyone. Not equally, but everyone's going to lose guys. But I just wonder how like Ohio state, Bama, Georgia, when they get there and they're like, Oh wow, I had an offer here, but no way I'm ever playing. I think it's, That'll happen for the bigger schools, but also the bigger schools are going to be able to poach uh, some kid from like middle Tennessee state or something. You know what I mean? Like, and who it really sucks for is like the middle Tennessee states of the world and those, and those lower level uh, group of five schools, because a coach could work his ass off and find a diamond in the rough. You know, he's the only, right. You go out and find this guy and then he goes and, proves what this coach knew when he was coming out of high school performs at a really high level uh, against conference USA opponents or whoever. And then, sorry, I'm leaving for LSU. Like, yeah, they're yeah. basically a farm. I never thought about that. These, these bigger yeah. schools now. Yeah. The, the transfer portal is horrible. It's good and bad. I think you could keep it the way it is, but you need to take back to make them sit out of here. I think yeah. that definitely makes guys think twice about leaving. Unless you graduated. I'm all for letting graduates, if you graduated. Correct. Yeah, grad transfer, you should be able to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy. It makes it makes for a, like, free agency type 
deal. Did you see ESPN hired uh, Pete Thamel from Yahoo, who's kind of like the inside newsbreaker. He's going to be like the Adam Schefter for ESPN of college football, essentially. Uh, kind oh, of wow. an inside guy, which you need. This is crazier yeah. than the free agency. Free agents, at least NFL players, sign contracts. Yeah. These kids can leave after every year. So it's going to be, it's only going to get crazier. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, let's close here with our closing thought or argument or idea from the 2022 season. Um, just your final thought. Clint, uh, you go first. So I, uh, every episode we were kind of talking about how we liked the parody of college football, but as you could see, it ended with a college football playoff with pretty much the same as every other year. But I'm glad, obviously, Georgia won team that hadn't won it in a long time. But it is just college football is still we got to figure out some more parity in the long run when it comes down to the college football playoff, which I hope the 12-team playoff will do. But I just do think it's funny. It was, we kept talking about, wow, it's like it's a new type, new type of feel with Cincinnati. And then you had Iowa up there, Michigan State. And still, just Bama Georgia National Championship. But good for Georgia. I'm happy for them. And great season. It was fun. Really? Yeah, I mean, um, it was a little bit of a shocker for you guys, I'm sure, this year. is Obviously, it hurts not having a coach fully invested in a team, especially a talented one. Um, I, I convinced myself last year the season – like, it matters. I want OSU to win games. Don't get me wrong. But the odds of them ever actually, like – winning a national championship in football. When was, I think the last time a non-blue blood won a national championship was like the 90s. Um, so it's just, I kind of just cheer for a good season and, and entertaining. And this one certainly was like, because yeah, we, we knew, we all kind of thought Georgia was the best team in the country all year, right? Well, then they get smoked by Alabama and all of a sudden it's like, well, they're, they're human. Um, national title could get interesting in it. And I think it actually did. Um, enjoyed the season. I definitely like it when my team is playing a little better. Um, it makes it more bearable to watch, especially the games that don't involve you because somehow they end up do involving you, uh, for the playoff race. But I would like to see the playoffs go to 12 teams next year. Don't think it'll happen. Hope it does, but I think that could make it even more entertaining. I agree with, with both of your points. Um, mine, I'm going to stick with the Georgia train. I think the Georgia curse has been fully broken, completely in half. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there was kind of this this MO for Georgia fans that they were negative. They were thinking worst-case scenario every time the big moment has come, and I don't think they have to worry about that anymore. I think that beating Nick Saban in Alabama is going to get them over the hump into that Alabama-Clemson territory where they are one of the perennial uh, competitors at the top. I, I think this is the first of several national t- titles for Kirby Smart. Like I said, he's not old. He's got a lot of time, a lot of energy uh, to keep on bringing in top two, top three rated classes. Uh, I mean, just the talent influx in the state of Georgia is pretty ridiculous. So uh, I think this is the beginning. I think uh, the Georgia football program is on an upward trajectory uh, and uh, they've got some some more titles to come. Quick, real quick, give me your top five in the Big 12 next year, since most of our listeners are Big 12 yeah, people. I like that. Uh, I'm going with OU. I think that the 
like I said earlier, I think that it's still the most talented roster in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that uh, some of the issues they had this year might have been because of having a, a coach's foot out the door. I think whether or not um, Caleb Williams is the starting quarterback for Oklahoma, I think OU is going to have the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think that, sure, they lose some guys, especially on that defensive line, that that's going to hurt. But I think it'll, that'll be kind of offset by having – Brent Venables and a defensive, uh, really talented defensive staff. Um, so I think OU will be one, two. I'm going to go with uh, Baylor. I think that uh, Aranda is building something there. I think he'll continue to bring in better and better players. I think he has built a really good culture, uh, and they don't lose a lot. Uh, I think the quarterback situation will be something to keep an eye on. I know they lose. Uh, uh, a couple of running backs, but I just think that they're built to last under Aranda three. I'm going to go with the pokes uh, OSU. Uh, I think that um, they are not going anywhere. I think that we know what Gundy is. I mean, they're going to always consistently be a program that wins between like eight and 11 games. I think that's going to be the case next year. So, I mean, I think you can pretty easily say like OSU year in year out, will finish probably between like two and four in the big 12. So I'll just go, mm-hmm. I'll split that and go with three, four, I'll go with Texas here. Uh, I think they'll take a step next season in the right direction. Um, I like Sark, especially if if Ewers uh, is halfway as good as we think he is. I think he'll be the starter. Um, I think that defense will make huge. I think that's it's impossible for them not to take that next step defensively. So I think they at least get in kind of that, you know, competing for a spot in the Big 12 uh, title territory. And at five, hmm, I'll go with i'll go with iowa state uh they lose a lot um but i mean i just like what what matt campbell's built there really good coach uh good culture um yeah i'll go with iowa state at five real quick i'll go i think you'll see less preseason number one votes for ou but i still think they are the best team in the conference until proven otherwise pretty much every year they should get the benefit of the doubt whether that's true or not but in this case it is um I go OU one, I think Baylor at two, and they'll get some preseason votes as well for number one. And I think Oklahoma State at three, same boat as Baylor. I think you go either way. But Shapin looked good in his opportunities this year. Um, yeah, the defense doesn't lose much. I think they lose Petrie. Is that, that's like their star on defense they lose, but they still have that monster uh, at defensive tackle. So they'll be fine there. And Aranda's obviously a stud. OSU um, – I mean, they, they could easily win the league next year if Spencer Sanders is what we saw in the bowl game, which I've been deceived by that before, and I've said those same words before. Uh, be interesting to see how the defense is, though. Four, I'm actually going to throw in a, a surprise. I originally was thinking Texas. I think Texas Tech is actually going to be um, pretty solid next year. They The coach, that, Coach McGraw. Or McGuire. McGraw or McGrath? McGuire. 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 McDonald yeah. was one of the three. He's good though. And he's brought in a couple guys already that are pretty solid football players as well as he's going to have some experience at quarterback. I think he's going to get the players excited to actually play football in Lubbock, which is big. And we know that fan base can be really passionate and behind you if they like you. And I think they do like him. And then five, I have Texas. I, like you said, I don't think they're there yet, but if yours is what he's been built up to be, uh, with Sark as the head coach, who's not a bad coach. He just needs some guys to actually buy in. I think Texas will be um, making a next step next year. Yeah, 
one one note on I agree with you on tech. If I I would consider switching them with Iowa State. I, I think tech will make that next step. I really like that offensive coordinator they brought in from Western Kentucky. Yes, uh, they'll be fully back to the air raid. I mean, they'll throw the ball like seventy times. Yeah, they're that yeah they're all zappy big. or whatever at Western Kentucky. Like shattered every NCAA single season record. Zappy's playing in the Senior Bowl this year. He got invited, so people are. I, there's a chance. I don't know if he'll sneak into the first round or anything like that, but we all know how hungry teams are for quarterbacks. So. And there's not very many good ones. Yeah, he, he has a real chance to to improve his draft stock. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Any other thoughts, Clint? Nope. All Hang right. On. Well, that is a wrap on our 2021 uh, end of fifth year podcast episodes, but we are not going anywhere. We will continue to put pump podcast out. Uh, we'll talk off season college football as well as college hoops, golf, and you know, whatever else major is going on in the world of sports. Um, so give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We're at fifth year podcast on Twitter and at the fifth year podcast on Instagram, uh, like rate, subscribe on Apple, you can rate on Spotify now too. So if you listen on Spotify, if you give us a five-star rating, that would be awesome. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate everyone listening all season, bigger and better things to come. Stop.